when Jesus walks, when Jesus walks, my sins away. Y'all know that one? Oh, happy day. When Jesus walks, my sins away. That means every day is a happy day. Huh? You got to understand, he didn't do, ju- when he washed your sins away, he didn't, yeah, come on now, they get, the ushers are dancing back there. They got it. They got the spirit. Listen, he didn't just, um, hey, why don't, why don't y'all jump over here? We'll do that to you again. We'll do that to you again. Oh, happy day. Every day, man. Think about that. You know, again, somebody said it, and I preached. I used to say, you know, we the joy of the Lord is our strength. We don't worry about happiness because happiness is happenings. And the Holy Spirit kind of dealt with me on that because happiness is happening. And if you have faith in Jesus, you've already had happen to you the best thing that could ever happen to you. So you can have happiness by what's happened. Hmm? Happiness comes from happenings. Well, it's already happened. Your sins are washed away huh blessed is the man whom the lord does not impute his impute his iniquity or another translation hold his sins against him blessed is that man that means every single day when i wake up in the in christ it is not a lie regardless of how i feel to declare i am a blessed person do you understand it doesn't matter whether you are living in a dump and you woke up, and your sins are washed away. Blessed is the man whom the Lord does not impute his iniquity against him. Blessed is the man. Huh? I forgive your sins and remember them no more. That's a blessing. That is the blessing. Uh, we're going to pick up, we were in Ephesians. I think we're actually going to go ahead and go through um, a, a study of Ephesians. Um, but if you remember last time, we didn't only made it through 14 verses. Last time, talking in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, we covered uh, being chosen by God, being predestined, picked out, the sp- like literally by spiritual law, God said that one. Before the foundation of the earth, he chose us, picked us, right? And then we understand because of that, we now receive every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Not will receive, but the Bible says what? Have received. You have have received. So it's already been given to you. And then we, we learned about what? The seal of salvation. How many of you remember, remember that? You were here. You remember that teaching. The seal of salvation. And we talked about how the seal of the Holy Spirit, literally in the Greek word, what it means is this. It means that every bit of power you need for saving was given to you the moment of salvation. It's that, it, it's the it's literally that seal is the backing and full authority and capability of the one who sealed you. Meaning, listen, when God sealed you for salvation, he sealed you with all the ability of himself to accomplish your salvation. It's the author and finisher of our faith. It's he who began a good work in us is what? Faithful to complete it. Not by my works, but by the working of what? The Holy Spirit. Spirit who has sealed us. This is why the Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, who is your down payment of your inheritance. Huh? He's, he's the guarantee. 
that you are a son and daughter. We know this. You are a child of God if you are what? Led by the Spirit of God. And some of you say, well, I keep making mistakes, so I may not be led by the Spirit of God. I would say if your mistakes bother you, that's the Spirit leading you. Hmm? I would say that if you make a mistake and you something draws you away from those mistakes and constantly draws you back to God, that is the evidence of your salvation. A saved person does not care. Do you understand? A saved person does not care. Have you met someone? I've met plenty of people like that. I spent some time in prison. I was out in the world. I've met many people. I've been in parties with those people. I was there in the same parties, getting drunk, sleeping around, doing all the things they were doing, but they were enjoying it a lot more than me for some reason. Huh? Why? Because there was a spirit on the inside of me screaming, you were meant for more than this. You can be free from this. You don't need this. You enjoy it in the moment, but the second it's over, woo, man, you're like, I'm an idiot. And the Spirit's like, no, you just need me. You need me to empower you, to lead you, to guide you. You need me. And so we learn that it's not dependent upon us but the Holy Spirit. And see, Paul talks about this thing, our faith. It's actually believing this, that what God says is true. It's by faith, from faith to faith, from glory to glory. We grow in our faith. We grow in believing that we are righteous. And what you believe is what you'll become. It's what you'll bear forth. Your faith will be proven. Wisdom, the Bible says, is proven by her children. Wisdom is the how-to of God. So what you believe, God's way, and as you walk, it'll be proven that you actually believe it. You believe in healing, it'll be proven. You'll see either yourself healed or others healed. It's a, it's a matter of time. You know, sometimes it's it's one or the other. So I've, I've been there, I've been in excruciating pain and seen many people healed. But there'll be an evidence of it, right? Because these signs follow those who believe. So you'll see it somewhere. You, a loved one, whatever. You'll see the healing power of God. You believe in it, right? You'll see it. You'll see the overcoming of sin. It, you may have an area where, you know, the Bible talks about the sin that so easily it besets you or ensnares you, but I guarantee you, we you set that aside. I'm not excusing that sin, but set that aside and really be sober-minded and look at your life. I guarantee you there's an area you're overcoming in. You can't not. You can't not have the Holy Spirit in you. He'll be working something else in you. You'll be like, man, I keep sinning. I keep getting tempted to lust. But all of a sudden, I'm, I, but I, I can't explain it, but at the same time, I'm becoming more patient. At the same time, I'm becoming kind. Why? What's going on? Because the Spirit is at work in you. Does that mean He gives you permission for the lust? Absolutely not. Does that mean we just continue to say, well, I can do what I want? No, it's not what we're saying. We're saying you're helpless without God. It's why He came as helper to live in you. You need help. Hence, God came as helper. You know, and that's humility. God gives grace to the humble. God does not give grace to the person who goes, bless God, I'm so righteous and holy, and I, I've got all my P's and Q's in a row, and all my ducks are lined up straight and narrow, brother, straight and narrow. I'm, I'm, I'm on that path. Listen, you think you're on that path, 
The only one who puts you on the straight and narrow is Jesus, and he's the only one who keeps you there. The Bible says he makes the crooked path straight. He does it. So we understand this. We talked a lot about being chosen, being predestined, being picked by God. I want to read it, just the first several verses here. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So if you're in Christ, you have every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace. That's that good, sweet, charming nature of God by which he made us accepted in the beloved. You stand blameless before God because he decided you would stand blameless before God. You have to believe that. You start here. Here's the temptation. You start believing that you're standing blameless before God because you had a good day. And there's a problem. Because if a bad day comes, you start believing that now you're separated from God. You start believing that, you know, the Bible says this, who can ascend the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. You start thinking that your actions purified your heart or cleansed your, ha- cleansed your hands. Oh, no, no. Those are cleansed by faith. By faith, Abraham was made righteous. By faith, huh? David was able to eat the showbread. It's by faith. And so this is, this is paramount and key to understand being chosen. I want to now move on into Ephesians. I I really feel like God wants us to camp out here and study Ephesians, but I want to move on, but we have to move on with that understanding that everything now Paul is going to begin to say is ours. He's going to pray for us to receive things. He's going to give uh, wisdom and strategy and instructions for the Holy Spirit, for holy living, governments in the church, marriages, relationships, friendships, all these things. But you have to understand the context that all of those things must be lived from this place. I'm made righteous only by God. I am chosen by God. And I already have access to all of the things that the Spirit of God is calling me to do because of Jesus. It has to be found in that. It cannot be in and of ourselves. I'm telling you, you'll fall flat on your face every time. You have a good day and a bad day based on what you, your judgment of what you deem successful or not. And I've got news for you. <laughs> you have the mind of Christ. God begins to give you his own perspective. You are, you'll be really, really, really shocked sometimes to see what God approves of and what he does not approve of. Sometimes we are more disapproving of ourselves than God ever was. Think of Tamar dressed like a prostitute, seduced her uh, father-in-law, had him sleep with her, tricked him, lied to him, right? What does the Bible say about her? That she was more righteous than him. We don't, it doesn't click that way for us, you know? I heard something recently, it was so good, Um, because there's a lot of stuff going on that, you know, you must be baptized in water to be saved and da-da-da. And we've already done the doctrine of baptism. I believe 
baptism is a work of sanctification, not a work of salvation. I believe it's a supernatural work of sanctification, but it is not a work of salvation. We're saved by faith alone. And I love it. I heard this phrase, and, and, and it really needs to become part of who we are in our mindset. Our doctrine and theology, right, cannot contradict the thief on the cross. Our, ooh, I felt the, mm, our doctrine and theology has to make place for the thief on the cross. He did nothing. but He didn't say a sinner's prayer. He didn't raise his hand. He wasn't baptized. He couldn't raise his hand. His hand was nailed to a cross. All he, he literally, he, all he did was declare faith. He believed in his heart and confessed with his mouth who Jesus was. That's literally, God saw the faith in his heart, and he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. Literally, hanging on a cross, the thief, blessed. Why? Because the Lord did not hold his iniquities against him. He did not impute his iniquities on him. You'll be with me today in paradise. It's amazing because you'll see the two people on either side of the cross, and it is humanity. It's those who are, fa- they're both guilty. Both are, are rotten and guilty, man. Both of them. The difference is one believed he is who he said he was and the other mocked him. He didn't believe. He was unbelieving. The Bible calls it a wicked and unbelieving heart. So we must see. God chose that man. You got to think about that. Think about it. It didn't just, it wasn't like half, like chance that the thief on the cross was there. God saw it before the foundation of there. Jesus knew he'd be right there. God knew he'd be right there hanging next to him. And at the last minute, he'd be saved. And praise God for it, because if anybody ever tries to throw a yoke of bondage of works upon you, <laughs> you just point them to Jesus and the thief on the cross. Hmm? So good. All right, we're going to pick up in verse 15. You ready? Father, I just pray right now as we're about to read uh, that you would give us what Paul prays for, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith, it's interesting, after I heard of your faith, Paul hearing of the Ephesians' faith provoked something in him. You see, there's a response from the faith. In the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. There's faith without works is dead, you see. They believed Jesus is the Messiah, which provoked them to love one another. You know, because now I know that if I'm washed clean and you're in faith and you're washed clean, we're siblings in the faith. It says this. So I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and in the revelation, in the knowledge of him. Why? That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the seeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand. I want to stop right there. I want to read that one more time. Listen to what he says. I want you to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why? That your, the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened and you would literally know the hope of what God has called you to. Hmm? 
the, the same thing that Paul talks about when he says, the one thing I do, I, I forget about what's behind, and I press forward to lay hold of that which Christ has laid hold of me, this calling. And he says this, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to what? The working of his mighty power. What is he saying? He's, he's not saying, I pray that you have the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you know what a, a giant, you have a giant list of things to do and not to do. I want you to have uh, the spirit of wisdom and revelation so you'll, you know, go and fix your life. So you'll go beat yourself into submission and, you know, just start eradicating everything that, you know, we deem unholy and this and that. It's not what Paul's saying. He's saying, I want you to ar- know what you already have in God. And I want you to know that his power is at work in you to produce his will in you. But Paul, same author, same person, Paul wrote this by the Holy Spirit. He said, it is the Holy Spirit that will works in us a will to please God. It is the Holy Spirit that works in us a desire and will to please God. which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Was he saying the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead now dwells in you? Seat him at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly places, where far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in, in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. You are the fullness of God. Paul says, I want you to be enlightened that you are the fullness of God. In the earth, you are the fullness of God. How do we know this? The Bible says that the fullness of God dwelled in Christ in bodily form. And who are you in and who is in you? Literally, you're the fullness of God being expressed on the earth. This is what he's saying. I want you to understand it. That it's not by might. It's not by power. It's not by human effort. It's not something that you woke up and said, oh, I am so awesome. I'm the fullness of God being expressed in the earth. It's not what he's saying. He's saying Jesus Christ did this when he was resurrected from the dead and ascended to seat at the right hand. He went far above everything, every principality, every uh, ruler, every power, all the names on the earth that are named and will be named in this age and the age to come. And he took you with him. You are therefore now seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He who is one with the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. Christ's victory is our victory if we believe. He's saying this is your inheritance. Your inheritance is to live so in God that what is warfare? Your inheritance is to live so victorious in Christ that all you know is defeated foes under his feet. And they're under your feet because you're seated in him. He's saying, this is what I'm praying for you, 
as soon as I heard of your faith and I saw that the faith was real, by, and I knew that, why? Because by this they'll know that you're my disciples, by the love that you have one, for one another, Jesus said. Paul's saying, I'm recognizing the standard that Jesus said I needed to see, to see that your faith was real. And now that I know that I'm interceding and praying, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God would come reveal everything you have received in Christ. That you would know who you really are in the earth. <laughs> what is a bad day compared to that? Huh? No, no, no. You bow your knee. If every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus is Lord and I'm in him and he's in me and he's already high above it and I'm already seated and I've already received every spiritual, oh no, you need to bow your knee to the Lord right now. I don't care what the situation I'm going through. I don't care the trouble. I don't care the pain. I don't care the weariness. I don't care. Oh, no, no, bow your knee and confess that Jesus is Lord. Step into it because I already have by faith. Listen to this. And you he made alive, not dead, which means you were dead, by the way. You he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. So past tense. A lot of this faith walk and why I continue to preach it by the leading of the Holy Spirit, I'm learning a lot of this is actually just believing what we believe. It's actually living out the faith that we confess to have. Because I'm telling you, in my own personal journey in faith walk, growing in my faith, growing in the very thing I believed at first, it hasn't been some grand new thing so much as it has really understanding what I actually got on the day of salvation, what you actually got, that I was dead but I'm no longer dead, that sin actually has been dealt with. That the penalty and the punishment is over, and I actually need to believe that. And the only time sin has power, sin has a penalty, is when I allow it and believe it to. Does this make sense? It works by faith. These three things remain. Faith, when I believe, gives birth to what? Hope. The hope of what? This calling. And love. And the greatest is love. But I don't, love isn't true love. God's love, love is patient, kind, gentle, full of self-control, right? It does not boast. It's not arrogant. It keeps no record of wrongs. It doesn't lord over someone. It's mindful of another person's need. That love has no ability to manifest in me without faith and hope. I must have faith that I'm washed clean. All my problems are literally taken care of, and therefore I understand that God has taken care of me, and therefore I can focus on others because I'm, my, I'm handled, man. I just read it. I mean, we may need to really read Ephesians 1 every day for the rest of our life, and we might not still, still might not get it. Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. High above every principality and power. People are getting so caught up in warfare, spiritual warfare, and fighting the devil. And all. Why? What? He's defeated. Dude, bend your knee now. 
you do you know who you're talking to? And I don't say that in an arrogant way. You're you're listen, you don't have to deal with, I feel sorry for you. You're not having to deal with me. This isn't me throwing my fists up and saying, oh, you, now, devil, you're going to have to deal with me. No, I'm actually afraid for you because I know who you got to deal with. And his name is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. His name is Alpha and Omega. This guy speaks and things come into existence. Matter of fact, you wouldn't even exist if he hadn't created you. Who are you? Huh? It says, that, who are you, great mountain, that you would not Bow low. It's not arrogance. It's not boasting in ourselves. This is what Paul's saying. I need you to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ and what Christ did on the cross. In this phrase, it is finished. I need you to understand that because then the boldness in the confidence that you walk in, you know it's got nothing to do with you. And that means on a good day or a bad day. That means in the middle of a successful season or in the middle of a season where you keep stumbling your toe in sin, you can declare, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Man, I'm telling you, I've seen it. It's preached all the time like you're going to go make a mistake and now you open the door to the devil and the devil can come have access in your life. I'm sorry. There is blood over my doorpost of the spotless lamb of God and you got to pass over no matter what day it is you got to go see him before you get to me huh I can't undo that man huh I don't have hyssop enough soap enough to go scrub that blood off my doorpost I'm sorry I got a hard time getting blood stains out of my own my own blood stains out of my own clothes you're gonna tell me you're gonna get the blood of the spotless lamb washed off my doorpost I don't think so man huh no but what happens is you start to believe that garbage people are teaching that ain't in the Bible oh well brother you just open the door no, the door has been shut. The thing is, you believe the door is open. And now when you believe the door open, that's when the door is open. Because you believe it. But the second you have faith, the second you believe, <laughs> door shuts. I can prove it to you. It's in Peter. He says this. He says that uh, to fight the good fight of faith. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, is rolling around like a roaring lion looking whom he may consume. It's a fight of faith. It's a battle to get you to believe. It's the same way that he went to Jesus. Will you bow your knee to me? Huh? Bow. All, all Jesus had to do was give up who he was. It's the same thing he tempted Adam and Eve with. He doesn't have a new bag of tricks. That's why Paul says we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. He doesn't have a new bag of tricks. We keep falling for it. It's the same thing. That's why Paul says you need the spirit of uh, wisdom and revelation. You don't need to only know. You need to know how to walk it out too. He does the same thing. Well, you know, eat this and you'll be like God. What are you talking about? I am made in the image and likeness of God. There is nothing with breath in it more like God than me. That's what Adam should have said. That's what Eve should have said. There ain't nothing. What are you talking? I'm more like God than you, buddy. Huh? What are you talking about? I'm living for, I'm, I'm eternal. She was eternal. Do you understand that? In that moment. Huh? Eternal. No mother or father like Melchizedek. You got to understand. Eve didn't have a mother or father. Adam didn't have. 
The Bible says this, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. The first Adam was the son of God. You have to understand that. No beginning, but he brought upon his end when he sinned. That's what you have to understand. He gave away what he already had. And God was so good that he did what? Jesus came and got it back for us. What a good God. That's why it's good news, man. It's really good news. And it's the same thing that the devil tries to come and convince you that you need something else to happen to you to be right. You need something more. And he dangles the more in front of you like a carrot and gets you running in a hamster wheel. Going nowhere. Not realizing you've already arrived. What is Paul talking about when he says, I haven't yet obtained it? He means I yet don't believe it fully. Think about it. I only can see dimly now in a mirror. But in, thi- but in that point, I'll see face to face. It'll be clear. It, you won't need faith in eternity because you'll see it. Huh? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. In that day, you'll see it all and you'll know it all. You will actually be a know-it-all. And it'll be okay in a good sense. When we see him, we'll be like him. Oh, but there's another very interesting verse that says this. We are as he is in this world. See, the devil don't like this type of preaching, man. He don't like this type of teaching. He does not want you to understand that you already have the victory. You're not working to obtain something. huh? You're fighting a fight of faith to continue to believe. That's why they become shipwrecked in their faith. Oh, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? What did they bewitch them into? Believing they needed to add something to get what they already got. It's literally the same temptation as Adam and Eve. The same temptation. The devil came up and walked up to Jesus. If you bow your knee, I'll give you all that. What are you talking about? I am the Lord of all the earth. But I love how Jesus operated in humility, and it's the key for us. See, he showed us the example of how to live. We don't boast in and of ourselves. No, we boast in our weaknesses. Jesus did. See, Jesus said, "Uh uh-uh, the Father. It's the same thing we do. We don't, we don't. Hoot and holler and, oh, yeah, devil, I'm going to show you. No, we just say, hey, man, you know, you're going to have to see Jesus. You're going to have to deal with him. There's a verse that talks about your confident hope. And when they see your confident hope, they'll be reminded of their eternal uh, damnation. That when the devil comes and tries to convince you that you're not who you already are and that you're lacking, when you go, I know who I am. And the devil tries to say, well, yeah, well, what about yesterday when you watched this? Or what about yesterday when you said that? Or when you cut that person off and you say, yeah, praise God. Blessed is the man whom the Lord does not impute his iniquities against him. Blessed is the man whom the Lord. I know this. God is love and love keeps no record of wrong. And so you're not operating in love. So this voice is not from God. 
depart from me. That's why it's submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. You know what that means? A lot of us means, well, that means just obey God. Actually, it means just believe God. Submit to what God says about you. Hmm? Submit to what, because listen, man, you got to take the full scripture in the context of all of scripture. James says it very clearly. The same guy who wrote that verse said this, we all stumble in many things. We read it on Sunday. We all stumble in many things. So which one is it, James? I submit to God in all things or I stumble in all things? Yes. That's the answer, yes. Believe God. Trust God. The Lord is my refuge, not my record. Huh? Do I want to live pure and holy, flawless, not make a mistake? Yes, I do. Why? Because, man, I hate disappointing people. I don't like letting my dad down. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. It breaks my heart. But I know this. He's merciful. And I know this. He knew I would do it before he chose me. Understand the riches of glory that you have in Christ Jesus. This is what he's saying. Understand the riches of glory that you have in Christ Jesus. Listen, you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once, somebody say once walked, according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who is now works in the sons of disobedience. We love to wag our finger at Christians and say that the spirit of disobedience is still at work in them. That's actually a lie, and we're actually coming to an agreement with the devil. What we should be pointing the finger and saying is say, uh, that spirit doesn't work in you anymore. So somewhere you believed a lie that that spirit still has access in your life because it really doesn't. It can't. What are you talking? If the spirit of death, which is, by the way, the wage of sin, when you, when you look at the Passover, when you look at what happened in Egypt, and you see that spirit of death that comes, that is the wage of sin. That is the penalty of sin. That is a, a prophetic picture, an instance that happened, that God deemed to happen, that would preach and point to Jesus. It is the power of death. And it says that he has overcome that. Oh, death, where is your sting? There was no sting of death that night in the house of the Israelites. Do you understand? There was no sting of death that night in the house of the Israelites. Why? Because there was the blood of a lamb on doorposts. You tell me that you read that story and you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you believe that that actually literally happened? That the spirit of death literally walked through Egypt, slayed the firstborns of the Egyptians, but passed over the Israelites? There's a bunch of Jews believe it. They still practice in Passover right now. The Bible says Jesus is our Passover lamb. Jesus is our Passover. So you tell me, you tell me that the blood of those lambs had more power than the blood of that lamb. The one that all of heaven is weeping. Who is worthy to open the scroll? And behold, look, I saw a lamb 
as though it had been slain. And they said, don't weep. The lamb is worthy. You tell me that blood isn't as powerful as the blood in the, in the Israelites' camp on their door? I don't think so, man. I'm sorry. Lucifer, your lies can't. No, I'm not doing it, man. No more. No more. Somebody, some of us need, you need to, you know, the Bible says meditate on the word. You know that? You know that means you could picture it in your mind. You know, that ain't demonic, sensual, new age. That ain't that. Don't let the devil lie to you. He corrupted what God gave us. God gave you an imagination to know God. Adam had an imagination in the garden, and God said it was good. So, okay, it's just like a sex drive. God said it was good. The devil just likes to come in and corrupt it and twist it and make it, make it wicked. You can picture yourself as that doorpost. Jesus said he came into the house. Paul is saying the same thing Jesus said right here. Jesus said he came into the house and he bound up the strong man and he kicked him out. Paul says the same thing in different words right here. You once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. The same, he, Paul's saying, Paul's revealing and, and bringing light. He's building off of. That's what all of the letters of the apostles do. They take what Jesus said and they build off of it. This is what he's saying. That happened to you. He bound up the strong man, kicked him out your house, and there is now blood on your doorpost. Well, you say, where is that? I just read it. I just read it. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses. This is what he's saying. Listen, you know, it, it, with this revelation, it don't matter what so-and-so says. It don't matter what anybody talks about you. This whole revelation, it'll free. It doesn't matter. When you really get, it doesn't matter what you did last night. You slept with five people. This is the moment right now. Just turn to Jesus. It's literally, just believe it. Just have faith. Some of you, you had that moment and you had faith then, but then you went back and you did this and you did that. And you think somehow you, uh, what God did was undone by what you did. You are not that powerful. He's God. He's God. Listen, man, I, the workers who built my house, they constructed the house that I live in, it would take a whole lot to destroy the work they did. You know, it takes a, a, a lot to destroy a house. You ever done teardown? You ever, you, ever, you ever done demolition? It is hard. It takes a lot of work. It don't happen just like this. And you're going to tell me you're going to tear down a house that God built with his own hands? You're that powerful? The master builder, the chief apostle, Jesus, built you, living stone, and you telling me you got more power than him to tear it down? Stop that. Stop that. I've said it before, and I'm going to keep saying it again. Some of us believe in sin's power. We believe more in sin's power to separate us from God than we do God's ability to separate us from sin. We have more faith in the power of sin than the power of Christ. This is what Paul is saying all right here. Stop that. I'm praying, oh, when I saw your faith and your love, I'm praying that you would get it, that you would understand. 
among whom also we all once, once, somebody say once, conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were, somebody say were, by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, hallelujah, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, his sweet kindness, his favor, and divine ability, you have been saved. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the age to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. Means if you didn't do it, how you undoing it? Oh, all right. It is the gift of God. I don't think God's an Indian giver. The gift of God, not of works, least anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That means that God... The good works you do in Christ, God predestined. All this is tied into predestination, the pre, predetermined that I just read. Chosen, picked from before the foundation of the earth, that one, and this is what they're going to do. Understand that. Therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh. So, again, when the Bible tells you to remember, I want you to read it with wisdom. I, I want to give you a nugget. When the Bible tells you to remember something, the devil will tempt you to forget it. When the Bible goes out of its way to say remember, remember. Why is he going out of his way to say remember? Because you'll be tempted to forget it. That's why he's, again, all this, everything I'm reading, we, we read chapters and we stop and we skip. All this is in the context of chosen before the foundation of the earth, picked out, God loved you, poured out his mercy, washed you, cleansed you, and I pray that you have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the understanding of him. And now he's breaking down all that understanding of him and saying, I'm praying that you'll get this. You once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were, somebody say were, without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promises, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. How come? When the Bible tells us we've been brought near, we make a mistake and think and, and act like he's cast us out. I'm talking to me too. How come we do that? We don't only do that to ourselves, but we do that to others. Well, you better stay away from them. They made a mistake. We do it to others constantly. We do it to ourselves constantly.
For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments. The law was at war with you. Do you understand that? The law, the Old Testament without Christ is your death sentence. It is at war with you, telling you that you are guilty, punishable by death, the majority of it. What is death? The wages of sin. What is sin? The violation of the law. What must pass over? The law of commandments contained in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he may re- might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. He's put to death the law, just so we're clear in what the Bible is saying. And also, I want to be super clear that the church did not replace Israel. Israel and the church became one one people of God. So the, the church that, that you know, uh, doesn't believe that is rejecting truth, and, and the Israelites who, you know, don't believe that are rejecting truth. We're one people. That doesn't mean, listen, they cannot come in. It's not like, I know a lot of people say, well, God honors his covenant, and he's going to honor the Israelites because they believe God. And this, If they don't believe in Jesus, Jesus is the only way, Period. Jesus is the only way, and I, I, I'm sorry, but if a Jew dies without belie- having faith that Jesus is the Messiah, it's the same penalty as a, as a, as a, uh, as a Gentile who dies outside of faith. It's, it's the same. Putting to death the enmity, and he came and preached peace to you who were far off and to those who were near, for through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. You do not have access to the Father by your deeds, good or bad. You don't lose access to the Father because of your deeds, good or bad. You didn't gain it because of your deeds, and you don't lose it because of your deeds. And if you'll believe this in the moment of failure, you'll run so fast to the Father's feet. I'm telling you, this is why many of us continue in it. It's why we get off and stared up in it because we think God has turned his back from us. Preachers have stood from pulpits and said, well, you know, be a special utensil. You have to be pure and you have to do this and you have to do that. That is believing what Jesus did and allowing the work of God to produce purity in you by the power of God. That is the right, proper context. Not you go, you know, sweat and and drag and work and I got to do everything I can to be perfect and Oh, and in this, and I need to lash myself when I make a mistake. What are you talking about? You didn't earn this salvation. He's already given you all the help you need. He's called Helper. It's his name. And his name denotes what in the Bible? It embodies who you are. So you telling me you got better help than the helper himself? Okay. It's like what more, man? I well, I need. I just need. 
Something's got to change. Something, something did change. You changed. Well, you know what needs to change? Your mind. You need to believe it. That's what needs to change. You want change in your life? Start believing you are who God says you are. Start believing the promises I just read to you. Start believing what Paul says, that you have every spiritual gift in the heavenly places. Sin has been defeated in your life. The devil has no place in you. He is under your feet because he's under Christ's feet and you're in Christ. You're seated in the heavenly places. Death must pass over. Sin must pass over. If I make a mistake, God washes it, man. It's already dealt with. I'm covered in the blood. Just believe that, and you'll stop stumbling like a child. You'll stop. St- Listen, is a child that falls and scrapes their knee any less human than the grown adult who hasn't busted their knee on their bike in 20 years? They're both human. They never stopped being human. thing is they grew up and understood who they were. They began to master their bodies. They overcome clumliness, cl- clumsiness. They got their, their, their balance. You know, Jackson could tell you when he started fi- boxing and fighting, he didn't have the moves he has right now. But we don't, he would, guess what though? Jackson isn't more of a boxer today than he was the day he started. The day he started, he was a boxer. He was just a novice. Now he's got some time. Does it make you any less of a boxer? Let me ask you this. When boxers come into a gym and people take on training to be a boxer, are they respected and considered a boxer the day they start? They're looked at that they would, they would have the courage to step up and begin to be a boxer, right? You don't wait until they actually start winning or they're successful or this or that. No, they're, they're in, while they're training, they're a boxer. You take martial arts, they give you a belt the first day. The first day. You have become a student. You know, Jen graduated with her Ph.D., and she earned it. She was a student the day she stepped on campus, not the day she earned the degree. Uh-huh. You are made righteous. You are going to, I got news for you. We are going to stand before God on the last day looking just as blameless as we did on the first day we believed. You're going to manifest more of that reality in your life as you grow in your faith on this earth. That's growing up in God. That's maturing in Christ. But your position before God is not changing either way. Signed, sealed, delivered by the Holy Ghost. Thank you, helpers. Like, he helps me more 20 years from now than he helped me the day. Well, actually, if you think about it, the grace of it's why where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Because he's saying where sin, where they're, where they're young, they're immature, there's more sin. It means the grace of God is effectively working here more than it has to work there. We need to, we have to change the way we think. That's why Paul's pleading, man, that you would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and understand this. Get it. Now, therefore, you are no longer, somebody say no longer, strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. With your fellow citizens, you have the same rank as Elijah when it comes to citizenship. You need to understand that. You ain't, one of, you ain't the 
you know, one of the two lampstands before the Lord of all the earth, which I believe is Elijah and Moses. You may not be that, but your citizenship is equal. You know, Lena, you have citizenship in America, correct? Am I more of an American than you are? You came from Russia. Am I more of an American than you are, or is our citizenship equal? It's the same, right? She's no less American than I am. She's more Russian than I am, but she's no less American than I am. Do you understand? You're no less saved than Peter, Paul. Actually, this one really messed with your flesh. You ready? Huh? You're no less saved than Christ himself. Let that digest. Some of you went, oh. He who is one with the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. This life I now live, I live by him. I lose my life, I gain his life. I lose my record, I gain his record. You stand before God with the record of Christ. If you believe it. The body and the head are connected. Is my elbow any less me than my head? Check the DNA, it all matches. <laughs> it all matches. And your when your DNA is checked, body of Christ. Hmm. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows. Somebody say grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built. Somebody say built together for what? A dwelling place of God in the spirit. Christ is gonna, uh, Paul's going to go on to talk about the mystery revealed, which we'll pick up next week. I'm excited for that. Man, has this been good, Rich? Yeah, listen, man. Do you s- just brush it off, man. The one thing I do, I forget about what's behind, and I press forward. M- you know what's amazing about that? It means my success in Christ yesterday is all Christ, and I can forget about all that. So measuring today's success by yesterday's success doesn't matter because yesterday's success wasn't dependent upon me anyway. Same with the failures. There's blood for that. You know, I I, I think I was saying it on Sunday maybe, but, you know, you, you read that verse, his mercies are new every morning. I used to like in my mind be like, well, I just have to wait till tomorrow. And then I'll be forgiven. And then things will be right. And then my mind could like rationalize that, well, tomorrow his nurse, his mercies will be new. So when I wake up tomorrow, I'll be good. You know? Yeah, bro. It's only in the morning. It only works in the morning. But the Bible says that Christ is the morning star that rises and dawns the new day, right? He is the new day. He is the new day. Ha. Huh. Hallelujah. Is this not good news? Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for empowering and equipping us tonight. I thank you. 
mm, that you are revealing the mystery of this gospel. I pray we would live Ephesians 1 through 2, that it would just become who we are, grafted into our hearts, our identity, that all we do, as the Bible just said, it says this is the foundation of the apostles and prophets. All that we just read, this truth, built from the chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ. This is the foundation right here. And that we would live from these truths, God. We would live from these truths, that we have been brought near by his blood and nothing, nothing is taking us from that nearness. And so I thank you for that truth. I pray as Paul prayed for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ, God, that we would get it. Ephesians 1 through 2, maybe go back and read it. Just stay here. But God, we would get this. It would stick in who we are and how we view people, how we view ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us on Encounter Podcast. We pray it has been a blessing to you. We would be honored if you would prayerfully consider supporting this ministry by becoming a monthly partner or sowing a one-time offering helping us bring the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ our Lord to the lost and the continued training and equipping of his bride, the church. For more information on how to become a partner or make a donation, please go to Encounter1078.com and click on the donate button. Thank you, and may the mercy and grace of the Lord Jesus be upon you.